everyone, welcome back to a new season of the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast. My name is Paula Rogo and I am your host, based here out of Nairobi, Kenya, but currently recording in Kisumu, where I've been for the last two months, two and a half months, um, where I've been working, resting, and just connecting with myself during this COVID-19 time. And I am back for a new season. Very excited to be back. Um, I didn't think I would ever do this again, but um, there was a calling in me to grab my microphone again and 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 to just start sharing and talking and connecting with with you and in doing so also connecting with myself as I considered what it takes to be a businesswoman and an entrepreneur here in Africa, as well as a businesswoman and entrepreneur in Africa during COVID-19. So I think that's what a lot of this season will be. And, um, but there will be quite a few changes. If you ever listened to the first season, and I hope you listened to the, you have listened to the first season. If not, please, go back and have a listen to to those episodes. That season, which I recorded in 2018, was a time where I spoke with women entrepreneurs in Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, and Rwanda. And um, I talked to them about entrepreneurship and what it takes to start your business in that first year and things you should know. Because I just felt that as I was starting my own media company, which is Kali Media. And if you um, haven't heard about it, just know I'll be referencing it a lot um, in the work that I do. Um, As I was starting that media business, there was just so little concrete information that I could find about doing business here in Kenya that was easily accessible, at least um, for me. Being the journalist that I am, I decided why not talk to women specifically who were doing this work or who have done this work and hear what they have to say and hear the tips and tricks and all the things you should know in your first year of business uh, because I was in my first year of business. So I highly recommend that you go take a listen. And if, if you're in that space or if you're considering that um, starting your own business, um, I think um, a lot of those lessons will be very helpful. I know I was re-listening to that whole season a few weeks ago, and I was actually still really surprised by some of the gems that I picked up along the way. So I'm back again for a new season, but it will be a little different. My first season, I was so scared. I was so worried about sounding wrong that I think even though I'm really proud of that work, I feel like I over edited myself. I think this season I'll be more raw, more unedited. Uh, Maybe it's because I, I can't go into a studio to record. I'm recording from home with my mic. Uh, Maybe there's something about the intimacy of just being in my own space. It'll be more of me talking, so more mistakes, uh, more authentic in that way as um, I introduce you to my fullest self, I think, during this process. So there is that change. 
And there are also a lot of other different changes that you will hear. Um, this episode for one is a one-on-one episode. There'll be episodes where it's just me talking. And uh, my fear the first season is that I had nothing interesting to say, but I actually think it's top-notch information that I'll be sharing. So there'll be more one-on-ones. Of course, a lot of the great interviews that we had before, they'll be more holistic, not necessarily subject-focused, and a lot of great women. I'm really excited for you guys to see who I've been talking to. And I'm considering expanding beyond East Africa. Hmm. So we'll see if that actually comes through in future episodes. And then finally, I realized that to do business as an entrepreneur, I realized that a lot of it has nothing to do with the work itself. And sometimes it's never really about the work itself. It's about the people around the work, the money around the work, the soft skills, and the life, the person living who is doing the work. And so I really wanted to bring that out this new season. And this is this this idea of of entrepreneurship being more than just the nitty gritty work has never been more clear to me than during this time of COVID-19, which has forced all of us to slow down. It's forced us to reflect, to reconsider and redefine what we want out of our businesses and our lives. During this time, a lot has become very clear to me. Um, I've had room for clarity that has just been immense. And I wanted to start this season reflecting on the 10 things that um, this lockdown and quarantine has taught me about life, business, and work. But just a quick update for what I've been doing in the last year and a half. In the last year and a half, I've been building Kali Media, which is the business around which I started this podcast. And for those who don't know, Kali Media is a media company based here in Nairobi that's dedicated to creating content for East African women. And I'm mostly in the podcasting space. And also, I've launched a second company called Africa Podfest. You might have heard about it. It's Africa's first podcast festival. I launched it with two other women business partners. So I've been extremely busy. I've learned a lot. I've had some big wins, but boy, I've also had some major, major, major failures. Um, and so these are the 10 things that um, really stood out to me, having reflected on also the year and a half since we last spoke. Number one, you need to rest. Um, the podcast festival, um, Africa Podfest, which I mentioned, was supposed to take place in, in early March. We had to actually cancel it due to COVID, like five days before it was supposed to happen. We had all these people flying in from all over the world um, to come unite and connect and talk about podcasting, and we just had to cancel it. And then soon after, we had to work on, and by we, I mean me and my two other business partners, Melissa Mbugwa and Josephine Karyanjahi. Hey, ladies. Um, we had to sort of clean up the fallout of, of that. So the fallout financially, our fallout with our board, the fallout with our customers. And even in the time before that, I was working 18-hour days with no days off for at least three months. So we canceled it and then it was, we had to take a, like a very hard 90 degree turn 
to the cleanup that comes after a cancellation and then everything just stopped full stop it just ended before the lockdown i traveled to kisumu where my family is from which is in western kenya for those who don't know and um i rested and i don't think i had rested in since before i started even kali media and i knew that i was burnt out and that i was tired but i didn't realize how much it actually took me about 6 weeks of basically doing almost nothing i would had the privilege to be able to stop and still be able to take care of myself um and i know that's not a privilege everyone enjoys so but i was lucky enough to be able to do that and so i stopped and i needed that time to just rest so for me for it to have taken that long you can tell i was really in a bad place So why does rest matter? Um if you even consider the fact that um if you exercise for those of you who work out or exercise your body demands a rest day at least one rest day in a week. And um I was thinking about what happens during that rest day. Taking a rest day can help your body pro- properly replace the energy stores in your muscle cells so that you have a full battery for the next hard workout. A day of rest allows your body to repair damage from the mechanical stresses of exercise. And so imagine this now for your mind and your whole body in general as as a whole system to consider. Um I hadn't allowed myself to stop and repair in a really long time. Oh my goodness. weeks into the first two weeks into just stopping, already I could feel how I was moving was better. new ideas and inspiration was suddenly coming to me let me tell you for the last maybe 6 months they idea i'm i'm a really good idea person really good that's something i'm great at and that had was just drying up those ideas were not coming from me and so rest is really really key we all know this but i just had to teach myself that again the second thing i learned was to rebuild my circle Um when the pandemic first um started I was of course burned out and I was resting but I was also extremely lonely and I had to take a look at myself and consider why that was happening there were seriously times I had no one to call um and of course there's family and so forth but just those support systems that had always been in my life just seemed to be missing and i think entrepreneurs might be familiar with this because to build your business sometimes you have to step back and away from your social life and family friends and acquaintances alike will begin to see much less of you unless they're the type to really insist on still remaining in your life but you can lose a lot of people along the the way And so because of this a lot of my personal relationships had frayed over the last few years and let me tell you COVID-19 was such a beautiful time and a lovely time and an excuse to reconnect with a lot of people who who and relationships that I had let um falter. I had actually forgotten what it was like to just call a friend out of the blue for a chat. Isn't that crazy? I had to relearn how to just keep connected with people over time. I really 
recommend that to anyone um, during this time. Um, and I know things are starting to open up, but just really uh, consider reinvesting and recovering the lost and frayed relationships in your life. And also really reaffirm the relationships that are going well. I think that's really key. Um, number three, take account of your life. Um, during this time, um, I had this moment where I considered going back to full-time work. I was so discouraged and just down on myself uh, from the PodFest and where Kali Media was and then now the world might be ending. I was like, this nine to five life might just be what I need for myself. And so in that process of looking into full-time employment, I had to look at my resume and I had to look at my LinkedIn and consider my portfolio and my social media accounts, all things that are in the last um, two and a half years as I was building these businesses um, had sort of faulted um, because I just was not updating them. And as I was to actually update them, I could barely remember what I had done. It was very difficult to translate the work that I was doing with both companies into a very template-esque resume because as any entrepreneur knows, you do everything, you do all the work. Sometimes I didn't even know the things, the name for the things I was doing. I was just doing them. I was also in serious need of a professional, personal website. And so this is just a reminder that as you work on your business, don't forget to come back every now and then and prune your own life, your own resume. Um, your businesses will take every ounce of you, but don't forget to also upkeep um, your home, yourself, your resume. And every few weeks, just do that kind of audit with yourself. Um, and update your life. Number three, um, and I think it's number three, um, it's okay to change your mind. Uh, a simple concept makes sense, but uh, I realized during this time that I don't give myself permission to change my mind. Whenever I commit to something, I tend to sign with my blood. And then I feel completely guilty for not following through if I don't follow through. As in one of my life mantras, we all have life mantras that we live by, is I like to say that you can take my word, quote unquote, my word to the bank and cash a check from it. And of course, there are times I feel miserably. Sometimes when it's okay to change my mind, I, 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 I don't. This has been a season of a lot of changing of my mind that I was really, really struggling with. Right now I'm in the process of trying to decide if I'm going to actually change my mind about a certain business investment that I had made. And it just feels so painful because so much work had already gone into it. And of course there's many ways that I could logically hold on to it. But I'm telling you now that if you are considering going a different direction, letting go of something, changing your mind, I'm giving you permission to do so. Think of that thing and just release it. It's okay to move on, to go a different way and to change your mind. The next thing is to rebuild your inspiration bank. For the last year, I've really lost a lot of my will and my power to be inspired by things. Like I mentioned, I am a very good idea person. 
I'm good at ideas. Execution and consistency might be another thing, but definitely I'm good at ideas. But, you know, being able to be continually inspired by things around you or things that you see is really key to being continuously innovative. How do you remain on top of things with new trends and so forth? It's just being innovative. And all this comes to what do you read? What do you watch? Um, for me, where I love to go get for inspiration is museums, listening to interviews and podcasts from other people whose lives are nothing like mine, nature. And the key thing is ideas come at very, very odd and interesting times. So um, when I get an idea, I immediately write it down. I always have some form of a small notebook with me that, and I've, I have so many of them over time that I've built. And I just write inspiration and ideas that come to me, go and actually curate and hunt for places that give you inspiration. The next thing is accepting that I know nothing. (laughs) The name of this podcast, of course, is I have no idea what I'm doing. And in many ways, I named it that because it's, it's humbling to accept that you know nothing. And I'm a, I'm, I'm Joaji. I, I like to be a know-it-all. I like to know things. I like to be the person who knows the most in the room. Very, very annoying trait for anyone who is with me. I acknowledge it. But by allowing myself to say that I know nothing, it allows me to start from a space of being humble and to keep learning and growing. There was a meme I saw recently that said, um, it's okay to say that I don't have enough information to give you an answer. So it's okay to say, if someone asks you to do something or asks you a question, you can just say, hi, I'm sorry. For me, I don't have enough information to give you an answer. And let me tell you, that's so freeing. Um, And, you know, um, early today, I actually had a consultation meeting with a client And I said the same thing. The client had been, we had been talking about podcasts and she was asking for some really complicated things that I I just just needed to go research to give her a proper answer. I simply said, I don't have enough information to answer that question. And you know what? It was okay. Uh, So for the rest of this year and even in life, I'm okay. And I have to keep reminding myself that I'm okay being in the I know nothing stage. Next lesson is ego is your enemy. Ego is your enemy and I have the biggest ego. So there's actually a book called Ego is the Enemy. There's a book called this and it inspired this point. Um, One of my sounding boards um, who really keeps it real with me had been pointing out the ways in which I allow my ego to get in the way of me moving forward or advancing. And um, for example, I was working on a project with some friends and the project was, is, has not been going well for me in many ways. And I questioned if I should walk away from it. Um, But also I had put a lot of work into it as I always do, and I was a bit worried about this friend sort of staying with my work and keeping the glory of the work that I had put in. And so walking away was very difficult for me. And my sounding board, um, this friend, this advisor, actually told me, 
oh, you know what? That's your ego talking. And it, I was miffed for a bit and slightly offended. But, it, you know, this person was right. Um, and I was very mortified at first. Um, but I recognized that I was being sort of petty. Um, but I also started to see it in other places in my life. Um, so it's not a trait that I'm very, very proud of. From that research and trying to figure out what this thing blocking me was, I found the book, Ego is Your Enemy. So always consider the ways in which your ego is blocking you from success, is blocking you from becoming your best self. Um, and always keep that in mind because your ego is always your enemy. Sometimes it's your friend actually, but it can be your enemy. The next thing, I think this is point number eight, cultivate your uniqueness. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. You know, when I first started Kali Media, I was so scared about trying to be like everyone else and to see what everyone else was doing and then figure a way to replicate it, you know? Because being different from other people, it's it's scary. The mere goal of trying to be like others, of trying to be the same, of trying to not stand out, doing that actually stifles what is great about you. And I've been watching, I don't know if, for those of you who have Netflix here in, in Africa, um, but they've been playing RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and it's this great competition uh, with drag queens who are competing to become America's great drag queen. These drag queens uh, are so talented. Oh, the things that they, they, they can do. But in the show, RuPaul, who is the host and uh, one of the most famous drag queens in the world, really, he is always pushing the queens, the women, to cultivate their charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent cultivate their charisma, cultivate their uniqueness, their nerve, you know, that's like your confidence and their talent. And and I love that. I'm always reminding myself that because I feel like I'd lost contact with my charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Now, as I try connect with that again, especially during COVID, I've been thinking and pondering the questions, what makes me, me? Um, what is the one thing I do that no one else does better than me? What is my signature? And what ways do I stand out, good or bad? And um, the last thing I've also been asking myself are what are the things that I have dumbed down about myself to fit in? I'm fighting really hard to, to, to push back and implement and expand and showcase the things that I have that no one else has. It's scary, but that's the work that I'm doing right now. If you want to try, figure this out yourself. Another tip is I've also asked family and friends um, to share the things about me that they find unique. And their answers have been beautiful and that have been great. Um, and so I've been learning to cultivate aspects about myself to make them bigger, to make them badder, to make them better, to make them louder. Uh, so try it out and, and, and let me know what you think. Um, uh, the ninth thing is, um, is gratitude. 
Um, during this time of COVID-19, it's easy to forget to have gratitude for your life and what you have because there's just so much bad going on in the world and tragedy going on in the world. And just by coming from a place of gratitude, um, it makes, puts a whole new perspective in your life. And I've not always known that. Um, And I I grew up in a lovely household, but I think pessimism, fear, doubt, and suspicion are are key parts of what um, runs parts of my family. And so, which is means I've learned to look at life with the cup half empty rather than the cup half full. And, um, and it's something that my best friend has really been pushing these last few weeks. And, and part of that is every day I've been sending her five things I'm grateful for for that day. Uh, you can journal it, you can share it with a friend. And then I think about them, right? I don't just write them down, but I reflect on them. Um, and gratitude allows abundance into your life. So consider that as a practice every day. Write five things you're grateful for at the end of the day and just see in six weeks just how your mindset will change. The last one, we're at the end. I've been talking for some time. I'm not used to this. Um, uh, But the last thing that I've learned during COVID-19 Uh, which actually works very well with my workaholism self, is to continue to educate yourself. Everyone always tells you, you should never stop learning. I actually used this time of COVID after I rested, by the way, to consider the things I wanted to learn. Um, And when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, there's always things you can learn. You can learn about sales, you can learn about accounting, there's just always a class or something you can do. But I wanted to consider educating myself and learning more about something that affected my personal life that I know was for me. One thing I realized early this year is, um, so I have, um, I did well in school. I, me and school, we go one-on-one. And um, I, I have a master's degree in journalism from one of the best universities in the world. But I was very ashamed to discover recently that I was actually financially illiterate. Yes, illiterate. Um, and it was shocking because I like to think that I can write as a journalist and for the work that I do, that I can write really well and write basically anything you ask me to, but to even use for someone who takes the English language and writing so seriously to use the word illiterate around me and to call myself that is quite painful. Um, But yes, I was financially illiterate. And let me tell you what that means. So I knew things in the same way when you first when you're young and you first learn to read words right let's say you're eight years old you can read words and i remember picking up the newspaper around that age and trying to read the newspaper and i could sound out every single word that was in the paper more or less but i actually did not understand what i was reading right so if i picked up my local newspaper today that age and read it 
I could read the words themselves, but I could not understand the concepts of what I was reading. And that is essentially where I was in terms of my financial illiteracy. I knew numbers, I knew general concepts. I could say the quote unquote words, but I didn't understand what I was reading. And that's embarrassing because once I realized this, and um, for those of you who are financially literate and understand how money works in this world and how money is power, I realized that I was doing a very, very big disservice to myself and those around me. So what did I do? I made a decision in my embarrassment, and maybe this is where ego works for me, um, to learn. And not just learn in the basic way, I was ready to teach myself what I did not know. And a lot of that, of course, was being humble and accepting where I was. But then it was also a willingness to do the work to, to, to learn. So I started reading books. Uh, I even audited a free financial literacy class on Coursera that honestly has completely changed my life. And right now I'm also um, auditing a financial accounting class on Coursera. I read things, I listen to podcasts. Um, I'll sort of put those two classes, um, I'll put the links to them in the show notes. Um, and and I, my life has changed even in the few weeks that I have been working on this and I plan to work on it for the next few months and in an intense way, but also over the rest of my life. And I love what I'm learning. Once I got over the shame of realizing some of my mistakes, because as you learn about financial literacy, you also then look back at your life and realize the ways in which you've made terrible mistakes with your money. I'm glad for it because better now than to figure this out later. And so actually, I think I'll be doing um, episodes on with a more personal finance bent moving forward at some point every few weeks. Um, so let me know if that's something you'd actually like and if it's something that interests you. And if so, just sort of hit me up on Instagram or on my Twitter at Kaliboss and let me know what you think about that. Um, but yeah, like I'm really, really proud of the work that I've been doing in making sure that I, I build my financial literacy. And so that's it. Uh, these are my 10 things that I've learned during COVID-19. What did you think? I'd love to hear from you. Like, what are your thoughts? And also, what did you learn from COVID-19? One of the cool things I'm adding this season is I'm creating a Facebook group to accompany the podcast in which we'll have discussion questions and ways in which we can all start interacting together. And the group is called African Women in Biz, B-I-Z, Biz, um, which you can find on Facebook now and join. It's a private group. So just give me some time to accept you once you join the group. And um, But also you can come to my Instagram page for the podcast. Also, African Women in Biz, all one word um, on Instagram. And just share your thoughts and experiences and even ask questions about the podcast. But I'd actually specifically love to hear what you learned uh, during COVID-19. I think that would be great. 
So yeah, thank you for tuning in to this first episode. You can find the show, like I mentioned, uh, at African Women in Biz on Instagram, or you can follow me specifically, Paula Rogo. You can follow me um, on Instagram at Kali Baus. That's at K-A-L-I-B-A-W-S-E, Kali Baus. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram there. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, I'll have my first interview with Trisha Wanjala of Trisha's Naturals. I'm sure many of you who have natural hair or have considered natural hair in the last decade know who Trisha is. She is the creator of Africa's largest natural hair community and the founder of Kenya's next big hair brand. I'm calling it now. Um, until next week, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.